Did you know that Joseph or Yosef, if you're in Israel, has his name on the gate of that new temple, the temple where the Messiah is coming? We see that in Ezekiel chapter 38, I'm sorry, 48. And it's like 40 through 48, it talks about this east gate over and over and over. There's something about this east gate that's very mysterious. And in this episode, you're going to find out what that is and how Joseph's name gets on that gate. It's even in the New Testament. It's in the book of Revelation. And we're looking at that right now, Revelation 21, you guys. This is so good. Let's get into it. Let's get right into those scriptures, you guys. So here we see this. We're going to talk about it more, but we see this outline of the outer walls and the gates of the New Jerusalem, the one that's described in Ezekiel. And here you see Joseph's name. We're going to look into that further. So stay tuned. It gets so good. All right. So in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2, it says, And I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My wife was so beautiful coming down the staircase with her father and then coming down the aisle. She was the most beautiful person, beautiful scene, beautiful everything I've ever seen in my life. And she still is. But anyway, let's get back to it, you guys. So, all right. So then we see that I was verse two. Now we're going to skip ahead over to verse 10 of Revelation 21. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very valuable stone, like a stone of crystal clear jasper. And it had a great and high wall with 12 gates. And at the 12 gates, uh, the gates were 12 angels. So at each gate, there's an angel, right? And the names were written on the gates, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Okay, this is an outline of the city of David, and here you can see where this is the threshing floor area, which is the Temple Mount today, where David purchased this, right? Well, this is a a map out of my Bible, and you can see where Solomon had the altar, and Solomon's temple was right there. And then you could see Solomon's royal palace just to the south of it. And it was bigger. It was this big palace that he had. And here's the lower city, the city of David right here, of course, right? So let's take a look at this. This is where it gets really amazing. So here's, okay, the same thing, right? It's just a little bit um, a little bit bigger picture there. Here's the Kidron Valley. So north is up. We know the east is right here, west over here, and south over here. So if you do an outline of when Herod's temple was there, something very interesting happens. If you overlay that map that I showed you before right here, this this red outline, and you put where Solomon's temple was and the altar, it lines up with today what is called the Golden Gate right here, which is actually the true east gate. And if you draw a straight line from the Mount of Olives through that gate and through where Solomon's temple should be to the north of where Herod's temple was and the Dome of the Rock today, you get to Golgotha right here. This is pretty amazing stuff, right, guys? I mean, 
this is stuff that was put in the scriptures thousands of years earlier, and then we see it outlined. We see today how everything lines up, and there's a pattern. And that's what prophecy a lot of times is about, and even the book of Revelation, there's patterns that God gives us, and we need to look at the patterns because he gives us clues as to what is going on. So let's get right back into it, guys. This is so exciting. I can't wait. Okay, maps. I love maps, by the way. I was an army ranger, and I just love looking at, at the maps. Okay, today, this is the Golden Gate, how you would see it. It's sealed shut. You can see all the bricks right here, the stone bricks, and it's completely sealed shut. And many believe today that the Messiah will miraculously enter through this gate because it's repeated over and over in Ezekiel's chapter 40 through 48. Okay, so this man right here named Solomon the Magnificent, he was not so magnificent, by the way. The guy was kind of a jerk. I mean, he, he killed people. He killed a lot of the Jewish people. He was very tough, if you read history. Um, he was not a nice guy, but he was of the Ottoman Turks, and around 1517 AD, he had completed uh, this outer wall of Jerusalem, as you can see right here, and this was the East Gate, and it was the most beautiful of them all, and he was even bragging about it until, until a rabbi came up to him and said, that is nice that you made this beautiful gate, the, the East Gate, because right here in Scripture, it says that the Messiah, our Messiah, is going to enter through that gate. Well, he lost it because he's, a, he's Islamic, you know, he's Muslim, and, and he said, no Jewish Messiah is going to enter by that gate. So what did he do? He had it sealed shut, okay? He had it bricked up and sealed shut, and then they you can see graves in front of it today because they think that the Messiah can't walk on the dead bodies to get through this gate. Well, anyway, this guy had it sealed shut around 1517 AD, and it's been that way since. This is how you can see it today. But what he did, which, which is amazing, he actually fulfilled Scripture. Because in Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 42, uh, in Ezekiel, it might be 44. But anyway, you can read where God had it sealed shut, this East Gate. Why? Because in those same chapters, it says, because the glory of the Messiah had entered by it, the prince had entered by that gate. And so God had it sealed shut, and it will remain sealed shut until the true Messiah comes. Isn't that amazing, you guys? So this guy right here, he just he just fulfills scripture, <laughs> even though he was trying to go against God. Typical, right? God just uses his enemies to do what he wants. All right, so I drew this drawing here. And if you're looking from the Mount of Olives and you look east, you will see this golden gate as it is today, sealed shut, right? Well, not too long ago, they found some pillars under here and some bricks under here, that uh, stones that were from Solomon's era. And some of these scholars believe that this was the true east gate going into the temple. But if you draw a straight line here, it takes you to what is called the Dome of Tablets, the Islam, uh, the Muslim set up there on the Temple Mount. And many believe that this rock that's inside of this dome is the actual bedrock of the mountain. It's a very flat spot where the ark could have rested. This could be the, the actual site of the Holy of Holies. And what's interesting about all this is it lines right up to the mountain, 
the traditional Golgotha where the Messiah was crucified as the scriptures predicted, like in Isaiah 53 and in Psalm 22. And this is all lines right up. This is amazing, is it not, you guys? So here's another drawing, an archaeological type of a drawing. This is the Temple Mount area. Here's the Dome of the Rock, as you would see it today. Here's the Golden Gate, as you would see it today if you're looking above. This is just a map, but as if you're looking above, Mount of Olives over here to the east. And what's interesting is this is where the Dome of the Tablets is, right in this area right here. So if you do that straight line again, it would take you through what is called Solomon's Porch or Solomon's Portable. You could read a lot about that in John chapter 10 where uh, Jesus was there, but all not, I'm sorry, in Acts, in the book of Acts, you see the, the disciples did lots of miracles in the porch, which was called Solomon's. This area, I believe, because this area has a special meaning to God. I think he's preserving it. And then here you could do that straight line to Golgotha. And this could be where the Solomon's Temple was, right? Right in here. And to the north of where the Dome of the Rock is today and where Herod's Temple was. Pretty interesting stuff, right? Here's a little drawing I did of it. Mount of Olives, straight line again. Uh, this would be during uh, Herod's time. Uh, Solomon's Temple would have been up here. This would be Solomon's Porch where the East Gate was. Herod's temples to the south, probably built on top of where, uh, where Solomon had his palace, his giant palace, right? And this is where the Dome of the Rock is today. So it's very interesting because if there was a new temple to be built in Jerusalem, they could do it up here to the north. And then there would be maybe even a church down here or something, we don't know. But there could be the three main religions of the world right up here on the Temple Mount which is very interesting. That could be something that the Antichrist could accomplish. And then here we go again, straight to Golgotha. All right, here's another one. I know I did a few of these. This is from years ago, but um, this is a, another drawing of it. Mount of Olives, just a big picture. Um, this would have been where Herod's temple was down below. And then this is what it will look like during Jesus's time. The, the Antonio Fortress up here. And this would have been Solomon's porch, the East Gate. Here's that beautiful gate, which doesn't line up with the East Gate. And then it lines all this good stuff. Mount of Olives, the East Gate, Solomon's porch, and that Dome of the Tablets area, which we believe is could have been where the Ark rested, the Holy of Holies, lines right up with Golgotha. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff, right? I love archaeology, by the way. And you know, recently they found uh, near where Joshua's uh, altar was set up, right? And they actually found an old, old little tablet uh, made of lead, I believe it is. And they unpeeled it very carefully and did a, a, a CAT scan of it, basically, right? And saw that they have the name of God in it. Pretty amazing. This is in insanely amazing, actually. And it's they see the word L, which is for God, and they also see the word Yahweh for the Lord. Isn't that amazing? This is something you can check out today, you guys. And this is the real experts believe this is authentic. That, you know, one of them who's secular, um, who he's an atheist. Anyway, before I even looked at the evidence, he said, no, it's a fake. But the rest of them believe this is the real deal. So let's get back to it, guys. So here we are looking at this alignment of this East Gate. And then here, this is a drawing I did of Ezekiel chapter uh, 48, verses 30 through 34, there's this outer wall of Jerusalem, right? 
And Ezekiel gives us the names of each of the sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, on each of these walls. On the north, we see Reuben, Judah. Judah, very significant, where the Messiah comes from, where Jesus came from this line, right? And then Levi. And then on the east side, he says Joseph, Benjamin, Dan. On the south, we see Zebulun, Issachar, Simeon. And then on the west, Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. And my son named his son, uh, my, my son, my friend named his son Asher. And I love that name because it means happy. Isn't that cool? All right, so let's look at this. Joseph, why? And Ezekiel, actually, he walks out of this in his vision. He walks out of this northeast gate, which is the gate of Levi. He was a priest, right? And a prophet. And he walks out of this in the new temple. And then he walks down around on the outer side. And he sees this east gate. And there's water flowing out of the side of it. Isn't that amazing? And this is that river of life flowing out of it in Ezekiel 38. Where it, and, he, and he describes Joseph's name on that gate. Wow. This is incredible, you guys. Joseph's name lined up with, remember, Solomon's porch, the original East Gate, Mount of Olives over here. And Joseph, because he was such a great man of God, God, I think, honors him by putting his name on here. And also... The 12 uh, apostles of God, God puts their names on the foundation stones of each one of these gates as well. And then here's that new temple from the millennium reign. And also in the the new temple of, of Revelation is basically God himself will be our dwelling place. But it's amazing. Let's get back into the scriptures here. I think there's a few more. So let's look at Ezekiel 43, okay, verses 8 through 9. This is cool. This is really key stuff. And if you're in Israel and you're Jewish, this is amazing stuff for you guys. God put this in here for you because he wants you to discover the pattern. And I know you guys know what the pattern is about. We look for patterns in scripture and especially in the prophets. So let's let's check this out. This is very significant stuff, you guys. So let's look at it. Okay. In Ezekiel 43, verses 8 through 9, This is what we read. When they set their threshold by my threshold. Okay, what's that about? Remember, David bought the threshing floor. And there was that holy, holy place, which I believe is right here. This dome of the tablet or dome of the spirit. Why was it called dome of the tablets anyway? Why was this little spot called dome of the tablets? I Think about it. The tablets were in the ark, inside of the ark in the Holy of Holies. And they called it the Dome of the Spirits too. This is powerful stuff, you guys. This is actual bedrock of the Temple Mount. Perfectly flat, no chisel marks. The one in the Dome of the Rock where they think Herod's temple was, which it probably was, has chisel marks. Like they carved out a little spot for the ark. But that's not what we see north of it where it lines up with where Solomon's temple probably was. So let's get right back into that, guys. So again, when they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost, with a wall between them and me, they defiled my name, my holy name, by the abominations which they committed. Therefore, I have consumed them in my anger. Now, let them put their harlotry and their carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. 
Wow. Can you imagine if there was a wall right here separating the Dome of the Rock and the new temple that's going to be built? It would make this scripture make perfect sense, right? Also in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, the prophet Zechariah, And I will pour on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn. Wow. In Ezekiel 43, verses 10 through 11, Son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the pattern. There it is. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangement, its exits, and its entrances. Those will be those gates, right, you guys? And he's saying to Ezekiel, show them the pattern. We can see that it all points to the foot of the cross, my friend, where the true Messiah gave his life to pay for our sins. Ezekiel 48, verse 35, The name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Isn't that great, you guys? The Lord is there. This, he is the temple. We are the temple. If we belong to him, if you're a Christian, if you believe in Yeshua, Mashiach, if you're a Jewish and you believe in the true Messiah, you belong to him too. And you become part of the temple. And if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus or Yeshua, if you're in Israel, you can know him at the end of this episode. You're going to have an opportunity to pray, just like people have in, in the Billy Graham uh revival meetings that he had and, and Greg Laurie and many others throughout history who gave their lives to the true Messiah and became children of God, you too can do that. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a prayer. It's not me. It's, it's an invitation. I'm just help leading you to the prayer to give your life to Jesus Christ, to invite him into your heart, to your life, to be your Lord and your King. All right? You'll have that opportunity at the end of this episode. So let's get right back into the scriptures here. In Revelation 21, And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So Peter and John and, and all those guys, Philip and, and Matthew, they all get their names in the foundation stones. That's amazing. And then verse 15, The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod. A gold measuring rod. Isn't that awesome? Not, not just some stick. To measure the city, its gates, and its wall. Gold is an amazing substance, you guys. Did you know that? It does not ever corrode. Out of all the elements on the patriotic, uh, patriotic on the periodic table, gold is the only one that never corrodes. And corrosion is a type of burning. It's a type of dissolving and burning. Like everything in our universe, basically, you guys, everything in the universe is oxidizing, which is a form of corrosion, which is a form of burning up. Everything is. Over time, it just some things take a lot longer. Even you and me, all of that, our bodies, right? All of this happens. So what is the only element, you guys, that does not oxidize or corrode is gold. Gold. And guess what? 
our streets are paved with that in the new city, the new Jerusalem. It's amazing. That's our streets, you guys. Oh, so cool what God did here. All right, let's get back into the scriptures. And the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with a rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length, width, and height are equal. And he measured its wall, 144 cubits. I believe that's like 120-something feet uh, by human measurement, which are also angelic measurements. So there's some mystery in here. We don't know what angelic measurements are. But it's a big wall in a big, big Jerusalem. And, and some scholars say about 15, uh, I think 1,500 miles square. And some believe it's even cubed, which would be amazing because the Holy of Holies was 15 feet by 15 feet cubed. So possibly this new city could be 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles cubed. That would be like stacking um, Italy, the boot, right? Italy on top of each other, and you're still not at that length yet. So this place is huge. Lots and lots of people can live there very comfortably. There's gardens. It's a city, you guys. There's a beautiful streets. There's a river flowing down the main street, the river of life, with trees that bear fruit every month, Different 12 different kinds of fruit. The leaves are for healing and there's there's music, there's dancing, there's food, there's eating. Jesus ate, right? This is heaven, you guys. It's a fun place. Jesus is there. God the Father is there. The Holy Spirit's there. This is a place of glory and beauty and awesomeness and not boring, all right? Don't ever think it's going to be boring, you guys. All right, let's get back into it. So verse 19, the foundation stones of the city uh, wall were decorated with every kind of precious stone, the first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysop chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. Wow. This is something of beauty, you guys. And then verse 21, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. Can you imagine this? How beautiful this is going to be? And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And then verse 22, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Wow. <laughs> and the city has no need of sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is, has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory to, into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed. And they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. My friend, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Is your name in there? It can be. All you have to do is receive him through a prayer. 
through faith. The Bible says that that if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That comes through a prayer. You're praying to God, and that's that's how you do it. That's how I did it. That's how I became a born-again Christian, born into the family of God. And you can do it right now, my friend. It, he is a simple prayer away. You're, you are going to pray to God, not to me, no one else. Just stop what you're doing if this is something you want to do. What you're going to do is you're going to invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. Would you like to do that? You're saying, I want you to rule my life. To, I'm, I'm inviting you into my heart, into my life to be my, my Lord and my Savior. If that speaks to your heart and you would like to do that right now, my friend, you can. You just say this prayer right after me, okay? All right, repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. I believe that you came and you died on the cross and shed your blood for me. I believe that you in three days were raised from the dead and you are alive today. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my friend. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices right now over one, you, who did this. So, hey, congratulations and welcome to the family of God, my friend. Make sure you get plugged into a strong Bible-believing church, or if you're in Israel, go to One for Israel. That's a great ministry, and they'll get you fellowship with other believers. They'll get you into the Word of God, and that's what's important, and prayer every day. You need those three things big time. All right, God bless my friend. We're going to do Revelation, the last chapter next time. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends about this channel. We look into the old scriptures, the Tanakh if you're in Israel, the Old Testament if you're a Christian, and we see how it helps us to understand books like this, the book of Revelation, and just God's overall plan. All right? So, hey, God bless you guys. I love you.